On this episode of Jet City Hot Takes, we talk about that heartbreaking loss and end to the Seahawks season last week. But it wasn't all bad. We're going to recap the season and that game, see how they did. And you'll find out who we think is going to the Super Bowl. We disagree. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Who am I kidding? These guys aren't pros. The starting lineup for your Jet City Hot Takes podcast. He's Boston bred. He hates seafood. And he swore to start reading more. So now he watches Netflix with his subtitles on. Corey Dillon. That is next level stupidity. And he's a Northwest native. Doesn't care what you say. Sriracha is overrated. And he sleeps with a Ken Griffey Jr. body pillow. Keith Wayne. Hey, I don't judge. You do you. Just keep it off the field. Jet City Hot Takes. Hot Takes. The divisional round in the books. Disappointing here in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, we kind of both saw it coming, though. Yeah, we both said Green Bay were going to take that. I, I know a lot of the uh, the 12s out there were hoping, at least. I don't know if they were fully believing, but hoping that they'd go into Lambeau for the first time and, and, and win. Yeah, I mean, I, th- that's my thing. It's just they don't do well in Lambeau. They got off to a slow start, which they have done this season, and it – Bit them in the butt. Kind of what we both thought might happen is that they're going to get off to a slow start, not play a full game at some point, and it's going to bite them. That's what happened in Green Bay. It did. I, I mean, I think the game looked a lot closer than it was. I mean, Green Bay was up, I think, 28 to 10 halfway through the third quarter. Um, yeah, there were two times that Green Bay had an 18-point lead. There was 21 to 3 and then 28 to 10. So, I I mean, I think that the end result was obviously closer than the game was played, but I think it was much further than people would probably want to admit. Um, that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Adams combination heating up at the right time uh, really did damage on a secondary that I really complained about all year long. Oh yeah, he, um, he there were a couple plays where Trey Flowers got embarrassed, just turned around on on nothing but just like a a, a sluggo like a slant and go route. Right. It's not not anything that crazy, but I mean Devonte Adams route running was really really good, and Trey Flowers specifically got torched. Smoked, and then I, I think their running game was good. I mean, Aaron Jones has played really well for Green Bay um, throughout the season, especially in the second half. Um, I, I thought that their offense just really, I think, I don't want, I, yeah, dominated. I'll say dominated for just a lack of a better term. I, their their running game wasn't anything crazy. It was just good enough to keep the Seahawks honest. Well, that's all you needed to do. How many? I, let me see here, real quick. I, as a as a team, they had 109 yards total on like 30 carries, which isn't crazy. Aaron Jones. Only had 62 yards. Granted, two touchdown runs. couple catches. Yeah. I mean, that's what when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and a receiver like Devontae Adams, you only need your running, your running game to be just good enough, which, by the way, Seahawks, I think that's a philosophy that you should be adopting here pretty soon. Just saying. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> uh, the Seahawks clawed back. I mean, they did have a chance to at least, uh, you know, get the ball back, and there was that um, controversial first down with Jimmy Graham, which – to me, you couldn't overturn. Yeah, there's no way you can overturn it. I mean, people keep sharing that screenshot. I was going to say, for the record, oh I God. hate that it's screenshot. It's so dumb. The, the yellow line is not an official line, and if you look at the sideline, the actual marker is a lot closer than the yellow line is on the TV broadcast. I, do I think it was definitely a first down? No, but it was called a first down. It was close, and you they just couldn't overturn it. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I... I mean, honestly, you want that to not matter. Don't fall down 21-3 to in the first half. Right. I was going to say, there was plenty of opportunities where the Seahawks could have won that game, and they did not. Yeah. I, you know what? I 
good season overall. I mean, 11-5, and five, you got into the playoffs, you won a playoff game on the road. I, I don't want to say it's a bad season. It, it's definitely a good season by most, by most team standards. But, I mean, to see where the team was halfway through the year to end up losing on the road in the divisional round is kind of a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, I, the thing is, I don't know. I just don't think they were that good of a team. The, I just don't think they were that good of a team. I think they played better than they were, and every there was just higher expectations. And then now this loss looks worse than what it is. But the team I've saw all season was, I mean, I think from week one, I despised the secondary. I think there was yeah, the secondary a, was obviously a problem. All a year. couple of games where the front seven flashed and was like, oh my god, if they could do that every game. Well, like yeah, the the Niners game on the road, that Monday night game that went to overtime, like Clowney went off. The Philadelphia game, both th- Philadelphia games. <laughs> only a, so there's a few opportunities, but the I mean the defense was so bad. I mean I, Andy Dalton thrown all over you from week one to you know Jameis Winston, who I know had five thousand yards passing or whatever. There yeah, but just, you, didn't, you didn't get a pick on him, which. He threw 30 interceptions right. this year. You think he'd get one? Yeah, he had 30 and 30, if I'm not mistaken. So by that yeah. math, if he threw five touchdowns against the Seahawks, they should have had five interceptions. Yeah, the, your your average secondary would give up. <laughs> I, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, they just didn't play a lot of great quarterbacks. I mean, they played great quarterbacks, but there was a, a handful of not so great quarterbacks that had probably one of their best weeks of the season against that Seahawks defense. I think that defense, the defensive side of the ball, uh, needs a lot of help. I think I'll let you go. I think the defensive side of the ball it needs a change in philosophy because you just don't have the guys to line up and play cover two, cover three all the time. You can't sit back in zone coverage with the team that you have. You don't have Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas back there. You have Shaquille Griffin, who's good. You have Bradley McDougald, who is a decent safety. I, I wouldn't call him great. I would say he's a pretty good safety. Quandre Diggs obviously is a difference maker. I'm I glad, think he's big. I'm glad he's under contract for the for next one couple more? years. Oh, is there, how many more? He's got two more years. Okay, that's contract. great. That's good. Uh, but Trey Flowers at corner, he's a liability. He's a, I, he's a liability at corner. He had a really bad season, and he got demolished by Devontae Adams in the playoffs for two touchdowns and 160 yards. Granted, not all of that was against him. But anytime that Adams lined up on him, he got turned around. And something we briefly talked about was maybe that um, you know take a, a learn learn from the Packers and what they did because the Seahawks tend to play a more of a ground and pound. We're going to punch you in the face. They still have some decent receivers. Russell Wilson is great, but they don't have that defense like you just said. Yeah. To play that, nest, I don't think to play that style of football. So if you are going to go, Chris Carson punch you in the mouth, run a lot of clock out, ground yeah, and pound the style. You need the stops. defense to back it up, and they don't have that. So I think um, the GM John Schneider has a busy off season of trying to figure out what they're going to do with that defense. Uh, defensively, I think your number one, your number one priority on defense is to re-sign Jadavian Clowney, bring him back. If you have him, Bobby Wagner, and Quandre Diggs, you can build around those guys. And yeah, it's going to cost some money. A premier pass rushing defensive end probably going to cost you around twenty million dollars a year. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you but t- Seattle has sixty million dollars in cap room going into next season, and every year that's going to go up. That's fine, but is he worth? I mean, if if you saw his season this year that he played for the Seahawks, you'd sign him to a, a multi year contract yes. for twenty million. Yes. Okay. Um. Sack numbers can be misleading. 
They really can. It's not always about sack numbers. Oh, trust me. I know Chandler Jones led the league, and um, I don't think he's as great as his numbers showed. I know that the, the numbers can switch things around. In a Ch- Chandler Jones, uh, Cardinals. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have Patrick Peterson on the outside there. Right. When you have a good secondary, it makes your your pass rusher's job a lot easier. And when you have a good pass rush, it makes your secondary's job a lot easier. Okay. So even if they do sign Clowney, what are you? I mean, what are you thinking? And what else? For the, I just the think those are three guys that you can really build a solid defense around. You don't need the defense to be the Legion of Boom again. No. Uh, especially with Russell Wilson progressing the way he has been. He It seems like he's getting better every year somehow. I think you offensively you build around Russell Wilson. You make him the center of the offense. You make sure your running game is at least good enough to keep defenses honest. Can I stop you there before we go to the outside at all? What about the offensive line? Uh, I mean, Dwayne Brown probably has another year here, I think. Uh, Jermaine Effetti, he's gone. Yeah, you want him his con- out. Well, his that. contract is up. Don't re-sign him. Get him out of here. Uh, when Justin Britt's healthy, he's a really good center. He's He was a pro bowler last year. Uh, guard, I really like DJ Fluker inside. Left guard has kind of been a revolving door the last couple of years. With a healthy Eopati, the offensive line was actually pretty good. Uh, I just, I mean, they, need I get, just they ha- do need to get better in, in straight up pass protection. It seems like when they go straight, when they go straight drop back, they have problems. But when they when they establish a running game and they get that play action going, they're able to do pretty well. Yeah, they need to pass protect. I mean, the amount of times I think I've seen Russell Wilson, especially this year, um, ducking his head and running around and scrambling and trying to just not die in the pocket was a lot. Well, I mean, that's been every year. I know that, but I, it <laughs> maybe it may because I haven't been here as long. Um, it just felt more this year. It felt a lot. Yeah, it's been a lot of the offense here um, pretty much since 2016, 2017, has been Russell Wilson having to carry the team and run around outside the pocket and make something happen. And for the most part, it works, but you're not going to win Super Bowls that way. And when you got a guy like Russell Wilson at quarterback, you have a Super Bowl window built around him. Get get another Super Bowl ring. And there are some positives because I'll, I'll start here. Running game, if Carson can hold on to the ball, uh, he can obviously be yeah. a, a pretty damn good running back in this league. And then even behind him, you have Penny. And Homer looked good. Notice yeah. I'm leaving Procise off this list. Yeah, get him out of here. I'm all done with him. Procise had like two good games three years ago. I have no interest in keeping him Thank around. you. Goodbyes. But, I mean, those three as... Uh, you know, healthy and and holding on to the ball. I think a decent, good running game. You know, um, probably better than average running game. Uh, And then on the outside... they were number four this year, and that was even with the last two weeks not having any running backs that were here to start the season. Right. So, I mean, they might not have that massive name like some of the elite and high-paid running backs in the league. You don't need it, though. I totally agree. Trust me, the biggest waste of money in the NFL is overpaying a running back. Um, (laughs) I think I started our podcast. I I kind of agree with you there. That week one that you don't need that. Um, However, maybe Tennessee is going to prove me wrong this year. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Derrick Henry something. uh, A second positive thing, I think, going forward is uh, obviously Lockett uh, had a a really good season. He had some zero catch games, which was bizarre. Um, And even with those, he still went over 1,000 yards. He still had a great season. But he, I mean, how old is he now? Do you know? Uh, He's in his, this was his 
fifth season. Okay, so I mean, he's not up there yet, but I mean, no, like he's, he's in his twenties. Yeah, he he's good. Um, and I thought Metcalf, obviously, I think somewhere in the nine hundred yards um, and, and he, a handful. He of actually touchdowns. finished the regular season with exactly nine hundred yards. All right, I nailed that one. <laughs> nine hundred yards for Metcalf. I mean, like again, I, I said I think last week or the week before. Um, He's had the potential that he showed in that Philadelphia game. Obviously, you're not going to put up 160 yards every game. He is a big target. I think he had a good year, and he's going to be, I think, really good for them. He's going to um, keep developing, I hope. So, I think you need one more weapon on the outside to you know, go with Lockett and Metcalf. Um, but as far as wide receivers and running backs and quarterback, I think they have that. And even They do. Even the tight end. I'm okay with Hollister. Well, Hollister, I mean, this was just his – it was a one-year deal, right. league minimum. But, I mean, bring him back. If Will Disley can I be healthy, say, too. And Disley when stays healthy. A, a healthy Disley, which we haven't had a whole lot of, but when he's on the field, my God, that guy's a monster. He really is. I don't I don't know what happened between his time at UW and when he got into the NFL. He became a whole different player once he started to hook up with Russell Wilson in the Seahawks huddle as opposed to what he did in college. In college, he was a converted defensive end, and he caught like maybe 10, 15 passes a season. He was really known more as a blocker. But he gets here, and he's just running down the seam and catching passes. If he can stay healthy – that really does open things up for the Seahawks offense a lot. Yeah, I, I, again, so I think we're pretty much, you know, for this compelling sports radio agreeing on this part of it. But um, it, as far as offensive weapons, they look decent. Uh, you know, got some work to do on that offensive line, um, the defensive line, and you mentioned signing Cloudy, and then definitely bolstering the secondary as well. I mean, that's where they need work this offseason. I think talent-wise. And maybe um, a new kicker, too. And Myers, I, Myers is okay. I just, Myers. I know, I just Myers killed me. I think it was the Tampa game, <laughs> Tampa Bay game that I was at. And go ahead. He, well, he's no Blair Walsh, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think talent wise, they don't really have to do a whole lot. I mean, outside of the secondary, I think the front seven has the talent there. Uh, my my main issue is scheme. I just don't think you can run that scheme anymore. I, I think Pete Carroll really needs to take a hard look at this defense and really figure out what he wants to do with it. You've got speed rushers on the outside. You can use Shaquem Griffin in a speed in a situational speed rush capacity. You saw it work in the playoffs when he got a sack on Aaron Rodgers. If you want to see this defense make the next step and become not necessarily the number one defense, but a top ten defense, which it has the personnel to do, you really need to get more aggressive with your blitzes. I think you need to stop playing so much base 4-3 when the other team has four receivers on the field. Asking linebackers, no matter how good they are in coverage, to cover a team slot receiver is usually a bad matchup. And I think that's where they got hurt a lot. They got hurt a lot on short passes over the middle that went on for more yards after the catch, uh, especially in games against... Oh, any tight end, really, right? The Niners. Well, dump off, dump offs to the running back the last couple of years have, have been doing that. Anytime they played the Niners, that's all the Niners did. Just dump it off to the running back right where the linebackers were and then just let them go. So I, I, I don't think you can sit there and play this base cover two, cover three, uh, man-to-man cover two over the top defense anymore. You really need to try to figure out what it is you want to do defensively. And if it's not working, change it up. Because it didn't work this year, it didn't work last year. You got to change it. So do you think that change then, if they didn't make that change... But then does that change your offensive philosophy then? Because can you be – do you see where I'm trying to tie that in? I, I, I get what you're trying to say, um, but I think 
I think this team has the personnel to be more aggressive across the board. Okay, fair. So the the talent is there for the most part. It's just a different philosophy to to play the game, essentially. Yeah, I, I think they can they could be more aggressive. They could go for it on more fourth and ones from the thirty. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, um, well, then how do you see? I mean, even if I mean we can't predict what's going to happen, but I mean you still have you know New Orleans and in, in, in the. You still have New Orleans in the NFC. You still have the 49ers in your division. You still have the Rams in your division, who I don't think will play as bad as they did this year. Yeah. Um, Minnesota is still really good. I, you, but where you, are you? You can't be worried about what they're going to do. I'm not saying much. what they're going to do. I'm saying talent-wise, I still almost put Seattle behind all of those teams. I mean, talent-wise, if you have a great quarterback, they can elevate the talent around them, which Seattle does have. Um you're right. Defensively, I think definitely the 49ers and the Rams, probably a lot more talented. The Rams definitely had a disappointing season at 9-7. and seven. I think you just need to get more edge help on defense, need another corner. Uh, I like, I'd like to see what Ugu Amadi can do as a nickel corner in this defense. You just wanted to say his name. I do like saying his name. But I, I'd like to see what he can do in this defense because, because he came in as a nickel corner later in the season, and he looked pretty good. He wasn't getting turned around like Akeem King or Trey Flowers. So see what he can do on the inside. And if you want to keep playing that you know, tall corner game that Pete Carroll loves to do, Trey Flowers is not the guy. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of done with that experiment. It's not working. Well, definitely some changes coming. Overall, I think decent season. I mean, they had... Yeah, 11-5. and five. Yeah, I think I had them 10-6 go, going into the year. They... It's the exact record I predicked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we both did that. So, I mean, they, went, they they had a decent season. I don't think this team wasn't built to win a championship, to be honest. No, I didn't think they were going to get to the Super Bowl this year. Um, I think they are a couple key pieces and a slight tweak in philosophy from really being there again. All right. And then uh, one final thing on this game. Um because you got to take care of your chickens, you know. Uh, yep. A lot there with with beast mode. He should retire. Put it yeah, away. Yeah, he think, should okay. retire. I, I, we didn't talk about this. I, I just hope you agree with me because there's a lot of people clamoring and maybe not. The dude's 33. Yeah, the, a full a full NFL season <laughs> not going to happen. It's time. To, it was awesome. He scored, I think, two touchdowns last game. I mean, he scored in every game that he came back for. So that's cool. Really but... cool. You know, or, or I guess maybe you bring him back if you were going to do it in some goal line capacity where he, you know held the roster spot for that like not necessary um sail off it was a cool moment for him to come back the playoff run because of the injuries um but you know take care of your chickens yeah take care of y'all chickens um thanks for coming back marshawn i'm gonna have to try to get a jersey before they're gone again because i never <laughs> got a marshawn jersey the last time around so get hopefully it. we can change that um all right well then let's talk about a couple of the other games that happened over the weekend um, Houston, Kansas City. <laughs> Bill O'Brien is still. It is currently January fifteenth, and Bill O'Brien still has a job. I don't know why. I talked to you briefly about this off air. Oh um, I don't view this game as blowing a twenty-four nothing lead. It's not like there was some game plan and they were playing excellent football and they came out and smacked Kansas City in the face and they were dominating this game and having a 24-point lead. It was fluky, weirdness, stuff happened. Yes, they took advantage of it. They scored up 24, but then, and you have to, I mean, anybody has to know that Kansas City and Mahomes, they can put up points 
21 points in four minutes, which they basically did. Yeah, they did do I that. Think. Uh, and, and that was also when the football gods went the other way and Houston fumbled a kickoff right at the yeah right ten the yard hands. line or whatever like it was insane so like that all evened out to me it was basically a zero zero game at halftime and then yes he was totally out coached I think they outscored him uh geez thirty one to seven from the beginning or of the second quarter on so basically after the Texans like kicked to the field, seven yeah after the Texans kicked that field goal to make it twenty four nothing they got outscored fifty one to seven yeah okay I I know that and I'm again. 51 to 7. That's on Romeo Cornell in a playoff game. I don't know how you give up that. Shouldn't have been that many. But how do you only score seven points from that time on? Yeah. You tell me. I don't know. You you were up. Okay, regardless of what you think, like flukiness or not, you are still up 24 to nothing. With three quarters ago against the Chiefs. 24 to nothing. That is at least three possessions. If that's all touchdowns with two point conversions, regardless, the person I test feelings. If I told you, "Hey, we're going to start the that game off. Houston's going to have a twenty four point lead. Do you think the Chiefs can come back and win that game? I think they can. Right, but, but fine. Nobody should. Shouldn't if you're it, a playoff caliber team have, trying to win a Super Bowl, should not have been fifty one to seven. Totally agree with that. But I don't think a lot of people. I, I think. See twenty four nothing and go. The, the Chiefs can come back in this one. This you know this wasn't you know this wasn't the forty the, you know Super Bowl fifty one when you're down twenty five with two minutes left in the third quarter. There was three quarters of play left. Houston is not that great of a team and not that great of a defense. No. Um, we know their offense can get hot and cold. You knew Mahomes and that offense was going to score and. and on top of that, with the luck they had, with like that fumble and other things, that craziness, I, it was pretty much an even game at halftime, and then Kansas City was just the way better team. So my question, so Houston is up 21 nothing. They have the ball. They're going down the field. They have a fourth and one and settle for a field goal. What, what would have happened if they went for the kill shot there and went up 28 nothing? They still would have lost 52-28. to 28. <laughs> Do you know that? No, but what I'm saying is um, – what if they didn't get it? And then that sparked the offense of Kansas City going the other direction. I don't – could they have gone for it? Sure. They made the field I goal. I think they should have. It's 24 in the first quarter, 24 nothing. You can't ask to start the game any better. Um, then their defense crapped the bed and their offense did nothing. Um, so And it was, it was also made worse by terrible coaching decisions. I, I'm sorry. If you have a 24 nothing lead in the playoffs and you choke it away – that's inexcusable. I don't care how, how you got the lead. If you choke it away, it's inexcusable. I can't make any excuses for Bill O'Brien and the Texans, especially considering that there's he leveraged the team's future as far as draft picks go to win now. There's no excuse, but we both agree Kansas City was a better team. We both agree that even if you, I told you you were getting 24 points, you still would not even count the, the Chiefs out. Should they have probably done a better job of holding that lead? What? Yes, of course. They gave up way too many points and scored way too few after that 24. Um, there's no excuse other than the Chiefs are just that good of an offense. And their defense, the first quarter, looked like the defense that they started the season with. And then after that, their defense played good 
like they did the last half of the season. It was very bizarre. It was almost like Kansas City was like, let's give them a little lead. Let's give Houston a little lead. The only ex- All right, now let's start playing. The only excuse I can possibly make for the Texans is that the Chiefs knew they were that much better, and so they decided to all bet the over and then spot Kansas, <laughs> spot, <laughs> spot the Texans a 24 nothing lead. They probably could have beat the over if they did it themselves. They could have beat the over with a shutout, honestly. Right. They, they put up 51 points. So <laughs> it just... The other thing is, I know uh, Bob O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien. Bob O'Brien. Yeah, I was saying Bill O'Brien. Um, Bill O'Brien probably getting called to be fired. My other thing is, though, I don't know where they'd go. And maybe, do they need a fresh start? Probably, but I don't think he's that bad of a coach. Who do they have to, I, and I don't know where they go. I wouldn't mind him as go. an offensive coordinator. But I, well, as that's, a head coach? No. No. Name better head coaches than him. Like that go, are available, right or now. just in general? in general, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Sean McVay. Let's see who else is out there. Uh, John Payton, yeah, Sean Payton. Clearly, that's five. I mean, before you're really stumped, there's just not a lot of good coaches. Like, and I don't think he's that bad. Like, I really. You know what? I'll make the argument. Mike Tomlin is better. Shut up. Tomlin should be fired. He almost made the playoffs with his third string quarterback. What do you mean? (laughs) Tomlin is terrible. Don't even get me started on that. He's better than Bill O'Brien. Oh, my goodness gracious. If you look at Bill O'Brien, I don't know what the numbers are, but he's gotten to the playoffs a decent amount of time, winning record, all this stuff. He has not been great by any means, and I don't think he's a great coach in the NFL. What I'm saying is he's not a bad coach, and I don't know where you go from here. I don't think he's a great coach. Now, the one thing, what about this? What about, you know, letting Bill O'Brien go and bringing in Josh McDaniels? It could work. Why not? I mean, Josh McDaniels is pretty creative offensively. And there might be a similar situation with Bill O'Brien's tie to the Patriots, that offense. I I mean, I don't know how exact it is, but that would be something interesting. It would be. And I think all the other coaching vacancies are filled now, aren't they? They are. So, I mean, they could make that move right now if they wanted to. And you think a a Josh McDaniels offense with DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson would be fun to watch? I do. Yes, that was that's my only little that would be interesting to see. Other than that, I can't really see them going any other direction. What are you going to bring in Marvin Lewis? Like, come on. <laughs> no, I uh I I don't think that they're going to fire Bill O'Brien for this. I don't think they will, but I think going into next season, if things start going the wrong way, he's on the hot seat. Yeah, oh, oh he's on the hot seat. I think the hot seat to start the season, and yeah. if they I mean if they start off 1 and 3, 0 oh and 4 like, yeah, he's gone. Even 2 and 2 depending on the schedule, I don't know what it is, but like Oh, another better coach, Mike Vrabel. Yes, he's a, a, a very good coach. So let's talk about that game right now. Titans go in. So listen to what the Titans have done so far. Oh, my God. They've gone into New England, you know, in the first round of the playoffs, knock off the defending Super Bowl champions as the sixth seed. Then they go into the number one seed, Ravens home. Punch, We've just been lighting up the scoreboard against everybody. Punch them in the face, knock them off. Now, let me get started on this real quick, because this is why I absolutely despise when you have that first round bye to, to rest players in Week 17. Thank you! I hate it. I hate it. And it's and, and people get on Belichick, because Belichick will have Brady in on the third quarter in those games, and it's like, no, keep them in there. They essentially had three weeks off. And they were rusty. And they came out so slow. They were, they were clearly not on the same page. No, their it, timing was off in the passing game. They weren't getting up to the second level in their blocks on the offensive line, which is a thing I noticed. 
uh, that they they do a lot of zone concepts on that offensive line. And so when you have that, you need to have timing between your offensive linemen that are, you know, your, your right guard and your right tackle need to be on the same page. They need to know, okay, a guy lines up here. I kind of – we double him at first, and then I go and get up to the linebackers. And that wasn't happening. Uh, Lamar Jackson was not on the same page with his receivers and his tight ends. And they looked sluggish. They didn't look like they were ready to play. And Tennessee, like you said, punched them right in the mouth. They absolutely did. Again, uh, I think we t- obviously we didn't take the Titans, but it was that – they're such a well-coached team. Mike Vrabel is a very good coach. Uh, I, he has his guys ready to go. It was, it was in, entertaining to watch on my end. But I was not surprised to see the Titans win. I was surprised to see how they won. I wasn't surprised. That's that- what it was. I was surprised to see them dominate the Ravens, who have been dominating teams since Week Five. Just to see them dominate them like that, that's what surprised me. Not the fact they won. I thought they could run the ball, two clock, keep it close. If they had the ball at the end of the game, you know, you never know what might happen. But to see them from basically end to end, start to finish, just run the ball down their throat and defensively just choke them. The Ravens couldn't do anything. It was awesome. And, and I'm telling you, this is why Lamar Jackson is not that good. I don't think he's, you can even put this on Lamar he is Jackson. Good. No, he's. This is a second game, second season in a row, first round playoff exit for them. Got shut down by the Chargers last year in that game. Then all of a sudden, like they almost wanted Flacco to come back in. They were calling for Flacco to come back in because he was so unproductive yeah, in that game. The fans were. Then he came. I know that, but <laughs> then he came back in. I mean, then he came back and, and made an interesting game. They still lost to the Chargers. This is two games in a row where he's really struggled in the games that matter. Well, and the um, offensive line was getting dominated. Receivers weren't getting. But that's open. hard. I mean, I they have a, one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the league. They are and massive. they got dominated. It happens. If the guys around you are getting their asses kicked, what are you going to do? And they threw the ball a ton. Like, explain that well, they, one to me. Well, they had to. They were down by three scores, and that's what you do when you're yeah. down by three scores. Uh, well, I think they were down by two. Like, they were still throwing the ball. To, like, it almost felt like they panicked. Like, it was like, oh, crap. We can't play our typical Lamar runs a lot game. We need him to throw the ball now. I think that it might have been a little too soon to... I would agree with you there. I stick think they, to they the, abandoned their offensive Stick to the game plan. You soon. took three weeks off. <laughs> like, stick to what got you there. They abandoned it. I don't know if that's on Harbaugh. I don't know if that's – I have no idea if it, uh, the offensive coordinator. Whatever it was, I, like, it It just makes me chuckle because I – obviously Lamar Jackson is very good, if not the MVP of this year. I just – I don't think – that style is it doesn't last in the NFL and you have to be no, able to right. throw and when he had to throw against the Chargers last year he struggled I think if I remember correctly obviously he ended up coming back but my point being he's gonna have to throw the ball and when when his running game is taken away or he can't run or they're down by a lot like I just, he's not as he's not this elite quarterback like you shouldn't lose to, if you're the number one seed and rolling all year you shouldn't lose to the Titans I mean I won't disagree with you but I don't think that People are pointing this, are, are trying to point to this as like, a, oh look, Lamar Jackson's not that good. This wasn't just on Lamar Jackson. This was the Ravens' defense getting dominated up front, getting run over by Derrick Henry, and their offensive line getting beat up front by the Titans' front. I was gonna say, I, and they got they got out schemed. I was gonna say, so I was gonna say they scored twelve points offensively. So even if you left that other side of the ball out, which I know it obviously has a hand in, and, and Henry was phenomenal in that game. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a monster. You held Lamar Jackson in that offense that scored however many points to 12 points at 
home. I don't we've, know. We've seen that happen in the playoffs before. This is just this is two years in a row. First round exit for, for Lamar Jackson. It's also his first two years. Fine, but and this it, was his first full year as a starter. And that, I, fine, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. That's zero for two first round exits. If if they have a great season next year and they get bounced in the first round, maybe we can All start right, having third, a conversation. Third time's a charm. Okay, what? but I, <laughs> after the guy's first two seasons, you can't you can't say that he sucks in the playoffs. He's he's only had one full season as the starter. He hasn't just sucked in the playoffs. He, I I if I'm I don't remember what he did stats wise against the Chargers last year. I know at halftime they were like almost shut out at halftime and the offense looked horrible. He looked horrible. It was really bad. And then somehow he almost came back. And if I remember right, he was running all over them. Whatever. It ended up bringing him back, but still losing. And then you're you put up 12 points at home. When you're the number one seed, that's not a good look. Um, and I don't care if you have great regular seasons. If you can't win in the postseasons, then that means nothing. No, I agree with you. But I just, I'm my argument is that you can't put it all on Lamar Jackson. That was a total team failure. Totally, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um, let's get to the uh, next game. We don't even have to spend much time on this. Niners pretty much manhandled. Yeah, took I care mean, of the Vikings. Uh, it was never much of a contest. Yeah, it was. Uh, Domination. Yeah, the 49ers completely took away the Vikings' running game when that didn't like it. They it was just no contest, really. Yeah, I mean, you, I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's not going to beat the 49ers single-handedly. That's pretty much what was asked of him, and it wasn't going to happen. No, he does have more um, playoff wins than Lamar Jackson, though. Um, <laughs> we can move on. To, let's uh, quickly talk about the games coming up. We have uh, Titans are now on the road at Kansas City, and Kansas City is a seven-point favorite. Um, That's too big of a spread. Yeah, I, these have been really big spreads this postseason. Uh, I again with that offense in Kansas City, sure they could win by twenty-seven. I have no idea, but the way the Titans are playing, um, I don't know how you can't see them then them at least making it a competitive game. I mean, Titans have already won two road playoff games. You said it, defending champs and the number one seed, and they looked really good doing it. It's not like those other teams didn't try to show up. They just dominated them. I know Kansas City's explosive, and their defense has gotten a lot better. If Derrick Henry can keep going on this roll, I, I don't know how you stop him. I'm going to tell you right now that the Titans are going to the Super Bowl. The Titans are winning this game. You know why? Why? Mike Vrabel versus Andy Reid. Andy Reid, Belichick owns Andy Reid, and if Vrabel has learned anything from him, it's probably that you saw what he did against the Patriots with that little. There's some. There's gonna be a moment in this game where Andy Reid doesn't know what to do and he does the wrong thing, and Vrabel is gonna look really good at some point in this game because of a decision he makes. I think uh, for me, you're, this is not gonna be a 51 to 31 game. The Titans' running game too consistent, too good, and their defense is too good to have 51 dropped on them. That's just not going to happen. I could see the Chiefs maybe getting into the 30s, maybe. But they're going to have to score almost every time they have the ball, if that's the case, because these Titans are going to be just chewing that clock down and down and down. I I, I could really see the Titans winning this game. I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win because I think their defense has really improved, and Patrick Mahomes and that offense is so explosive. I think... Teams that can create explosive plays offensively and defensively are the most dangerous. And the Chiefs are obviously that team that can do that. But, like you said, the Titans, I can see them staying in this game. And if they have the ball late, you never know. But 
Picking the Chiefs. It's hard for me to say this, but Ryan Tannehill is going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> how are, and, Dol- and how the, are Dolphins fans feeling about the this The funny right thing now? is, uh, he might not even get re-signed, even if he goes to the Super Bowl. Watch out for Tom Brady in Tennessee. Oh. Um, oh. But I am going to pick the Titans. I th- again, because of the coaching. And I feel like this is, you know, this is where you should go, oh, Andy Reid, he doesn't have to go against Belichick. He doesn't have to go against Harbaugh. He doesn't have to go against, you know, those teams. And then uh, Mike Vrabel's just going to – he's obviously showed, I think, last season and then this season, especially in this postseason, that he's just – he's doing something right. And uh, I think Andy Reid has shown on multiple occasions um, some terrible clock decisions. Something, just something – he's going to do something that costs his team the game. And Vrabel's going to do something that makes him look good. Obviously, the play on the field is going to be what wins the game. Yeah. Um, but a coach can have a direct impact on – and something's going to happen with Andy Reid. I mean, last year, Andy Reid, you know, the, the Chiefs got bounced because some dumbass defensive Jumped lineman up, yeah. decided to jump offside. But I, I couldn't – I can't really blame Andy Reid for that one too much. No, but there's been – there's been a lot of blood. yeah. There's, there's a long track record. Uh, I think I would like to think that this is the year that Andy Reid finally gets his ring. Just kind of looking at the field right now, if I had to pick a team to like really want to see get it done, I'd like to see Andy Reid finally get his ring. Wouldn't I mean? I, I think it'd be cool to see Mahomes get one because he's obviously um, I think a, a young star in this league. So yeah, for him to do that would be great. But I'm still gonna go Titans. Uh, and then the other game, Green Bay at San Francisco. Uh, unf- in the stadium, just cave in. Do I have to pick this game? Unfortunately, I think San Francisco is going to win this game. Um, which then, and realistically, if I looked at it, I think the San Francisco would win the Super Bowl. But if Kansas City makes it in there, I think I would pick Kansas City. But either way, um, I don't really see Green Bay winning this game. Uh, I think San Francisco is just a better team all around. Um, what was the score last time they played? It was a smoke show. If I 36 to 8 or something so, like that? Something, something ridiculous. The only way that Green Bay wins this game is if, because of what happened last week to the Seahawks, that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams connection was on fire. And if they, if, and I could leave Adams out, if Aaron Rodgers catches fire, that's the, that's the way they win this game, right? Yeah. There's no, I don't, I don't see them winning this game by running the ball and chewing the clock. Yeah, there's not, there's not going to be this. It, or that, defensively, I don't think they're going to slow down the Niners running game. The only way that I think they win this game is if Aaron Rodgers plays perfect and he has just one of those games where you go, wow. You're you're picking the Niners. I'm going to pick the Niners. I'm going this. for the uh, State Farm Bowl. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Wouldn't that be funny? So I'm calling Packers with the upset. I think the Niners might be a little overconfident. They're like, okay, we just destroyed the Vikings. We already beat these this team by like 30 points in the regular season. We got this. What happens if they relax just a little bit against Aaron Rodgers? You get burned. You can. And I, I could see that happening. I, I'm picking Aaron Rodgers and the, the Packers to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I'd like to see it. I honestly would like to see Rodgers get another Super Bowl. Um, oh, and then we can actually see a, a – I think the Packers and the Chiefs played each other this year, but Mahomes was out. 
Ah. So maybe we get that Rodgers versus Mahomes game. That would be pretty fun. Yes, it would. As always, you can hear me and Keith on the radio here in Seattle on New Country 98.9 The Bull. Me from 2 to 7, and then Keith 7 to midnight each and every weeknight, and then everywhere on social media. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Jet City Hot Takes, and we post our episodes on Podcast One, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever else you happen to listen to any of your podcasts. And go Hawks, even though they're not playing and I'm sad. Go State Farm Bowl. Go State Farm Bowl.